Yes, guys, welcome back to Relax Habibi, where the empty bottles are filled with stories. Let's get to the intro. How you doing, Musa? I'm well, thank you. Guys, uh, I have a special guest on today, James Musa, who plays for Phoenix Rising. Man, first of all, I just want to say congratulations, Defender of the Year, man. I appreciate That's it. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, thank you. How, how does that make you feel? Um, obviously, pretty, pretty proud because it's my first year actually playing as a central defender in like five seasons. So wow. to go from playing holding mid to back in the defense was a little bit of a change up, and it took a little bit of time to get used to in preseason. Um, but obviously, I just took all the information in, listened to the coaches, um, and just obviously try my best every game. So I'm, I'm really happy to that I received the award, um, but- a big part of the club. <laughs> of course, and obviously the, the main trophies we won are the USL Championship yeah, and yeah. those ones, but the individual ones are great too. That's what's up, that's what's up. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what, what are some like the reasons like you like being part of Phoenix Rising? Because they've had a massive growth since like 2016. Mm -hmm. So do, do you think that motivates you to be part of such a club that likes to grow likes to win, likes to keep going up there. Is that, is that something that motivates yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, ever since, you know, the rebrand from Arizona United into Phoenix right, Rising, right. Um, I think you saw kind of a, a change in culture in a sense. Oh, yeah. And the mentality went from kind of being a participant and taking, taking part in a competition to, all right, we're gonna try and win this competition. Um, and so I would say the mentality from all the players, the co coaching staff, even through the front office is we're here to win. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do everything we can to win um, and sacrifice everything we need to to wow. win. Um, yeah. So I think it's a, it's a big responsibility as an older player, as someone coming back and returning to the club, um, obviously to highlight that for the new players when they come in and to, to drum that kind of mentality yeah. into them. Well, yeah, you know, coming back, I saw, I knew when you were coming back, there was a different mentality in your pictures and you and your training. And that's, that's, uh, that's really good, man. Um, so what are some reasons that from coaches like Rick, like advice that he's given you to improve your game, maybe um, changing the position that you're playing right now. Um, what are some advices and tips that the club has given you, even from Rick? Yeah, I'd say it's it's he's very big on mentality and imposing yourself on the game and, and being aggressive and strong. He likes strong players, especially at the back. Mm -hmm. um, so his advice to me is be be strong, be be scary, be someone that a striker doesn't want to play against. Right, you know, be mean, yeah. aggressive, um, and then at the same time be calm enough to to get us out of the back and, right. and pick those passes out of the back and, and do and those things. And exactly. Get wide. It's like basically like you're that captain way in the back. You know, mm -hmm. the last man. Okay. Um, what are some favorite things you like to do before a game? Because I remember Alessandro. He used to uh, listen to a lot of EDM. Mm -hmm. And he used to imagine himself playing, and that motivated me. I started doing that too. Is yeah. there something that you do um not specifically um i like to have a good stretching routine and roll out and really make sure i'm feeling good before right. the game okay. um so it's not just that i'm mentally feeling good i physically feel good um so i have a nice stretching routine i like and i do like listening to to music i've been listening to the new Nas album right oh, now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, before the game, that one, yeah. I really like listening Nas to. Nas is crazy. Okay, <laughs> uh, what, what's your, one of your favorite performances? And what, maybe, actually, what is one of your worst performances and what have you learned from that performance? It's a good question, actually. It's not something you get asked a lot, so I'd have to think right. about it. Because, um, because professionals, all, all they see is the good stuff. Yeah, you know, exactly. You train 24-7, exactly. you know, 
Um, that's a very good question. I'd say there's, I'm very harsh on myself, first and foremost. Um, I'm a big critic on myself. Mm -hmm. I'll watch the smallest thing 10 times. Okay. And I'll watch, what could I have done better? What could I do here? Um, for me, I wouldn't say there's been like one game I can specifically remember that I can say, ah, I was bad in that game. But there's moments in the game where I think I could have been better, mm, if that makes any sense. Um, so I'll go back and analyze those little moments and then try and perfect from there. I see, I see that attitude is a big factor in, in your playing. Is that something you really look into? In terms of? Uh, attitude. Yeah, I mean, I always try and stay as positive as, as I can. Um, but I have been known to yell a few nasty words on the field. <laughs> I mean, the way I see it, the, the environment I, I grew up in playing um, was a men's environment. It's not a boys' environment. And, you know, it's accountability. It's when you do something wrong, it's almost like that demon on your shoulder. It's, right, it's some, right. that, that third voice telling you in the back of your mind. And, and as long as someone's yelling it and holding you true to what you do, um, you know, hopefully the result is positive for everyone. At the end of the day, you're only doing it to get the best out of someone. Right, right. Um, Musa, I, I thank you so much for being here, man. Just one thing, um, I've been training with you for a couple of times. What do you think I'm lacking and what do you think I can work on to be uh, at the next level? Oh, that's a good question. Um, obviously, I haven't seen you play a real game. In terms of right. touches, I think you have the ability um, in tight areas small little tight touches mm -hmm. um, I think you could get better at the um, I would just say cleaning everything up I'd say the, a big part of like the difference between a pro and an amateur is that they're clean with everything and you could probably say that with every sport you know the difference between a pro tennis player and an amateur tennis player is that right. he's not gonna miss as many shots his consistency is, is higher and I would say that's the same with um, anybody looking to go from an amateur soccer player to a professional is, is your consistency. consistency. Can you consistently perform? Can you consistently beat your man if you're a winger? Can right. you consistently score if you're a striker? You know, all those thing is, things are massive because the top strikers in the world aren't the top strikers without consistency. Right. If they, don't score, if they don't score every week or 20 goals a season, yeah, okay. you know, the next one in line will come in and do it. So. Yeah. Uh, Busa, I just, want, I just want to say good luck with starting Phoenix Caps. Uh, guys, if you ever, if you're in the area, Phoenix soccer camps, you, yeah. There you go. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, so um, obviously we've been doing quite a bit of coaching here um, in Phoenix area, and there's a couple of guys on the team that are also coaching. And we thought, you know, this year we're going to stick around in the off season. Mm -hmm. um, why not put on some camps for, for some kids, get to know the, the kids better that come and watch us, um, give them some advice. We really want it to be something where it's like, come and train with the pros and you're in a pro environment. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's set up, I think we have three-day camps and two-day camps. Um, I think if you do the three-day, you get about roughly 12 hours of coaching. Um, wow. It's going to be intense. It's going to be good. 12 hours. Um, so we're, we're really trying to put some work in for the kids. Honestly, if anybody out there, 12 hours and you're training with professional players. Yeah, there'll be five of us wow. down there yeah, doing the coaching. There's a lot of uh, academies, the clubs here, they don't have professional players. Right. The fact that you guys are started this year is, is really great. And yeah. uh, again, I thank you for being on the show. No worries. And uh, appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate and you good too, luck. bro. And good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Good luck on the game. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate and it, bro. What do you think about this whole thing? It's mind-blowing. It's mind blowing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's. Un Wait, can, can you can you hold the mic? It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's kind of it's kind of disturbing too, a little bit.
Yeah, like, like, uh, well, for those of you that don't know, we're talking about the Travis Scott incident that happened, uh, what, yesterday? At the yeah. concert, people, uh, people were stomping and dancing, and then, um, eight people ended up under, um, very well, sad to okay, say. It, it all started, I think, when the gates opened. Like, people were impatient for the gates to actually open and organize and be an organized file or lines or whatever and so they tore down the fences and stormed yeah, they in stormed in. and literally like at the before the show even began there was people hurt being stomped on and people running over people and and stuff like like something you would see at the end of the world type of thing like i i remember the j cole concert we went to Nothing serious like that happened, but I still remember J. Cole saying, like, yo, let's be mindful of the security guard. Everybody come up here. Like, he, he was, yeah. he even still mentioned that even though nothing that big really did happen. Yeah. But the fact that Travis Scott, people were dying and people got on stage to tell him to stop performing. And then he still kept performing while people were getting, like, what? There was somebody that passed out and he still said, fuck it. Let's keep going. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Well, like... The person who passed out, I can understand because, like, if you go to decadence or like EDM concerts, thousands of people pass out or because they're too much drugs or that it's way too hot. But this one, like, literally, people eight people died, and he was like, "Like, let's just keep going." He was doing the robot. He was doing the robot while someone was giving three people CPR. Yeah, like the people were giving CPR, and this guy's literally on stage. Just, if like, are you serious? Like, I'm, like, when they say cancel culture, this is where cancel culture comes in hand for me because, like, you're an artist. Yeah. Hold your ground, hold your stage, and I just, I, I don't know, it's very unfortunate. And the, like, the paramedics and security guards were trying to get to those people that were quote-unquote dead, and uh, they were on a golf cart, and they were like, move, move, move out of the way, move out of the way, and then... The the crowd was on top of the cart, jumping up and down and dancing, or they put both hands on the cart and were shaking it back and forth. Yeah, they were like, giving CPR to this one guy. And they were stopping the cart from going to these people that needed them, and it's just crazy. Because the, the video shows, uh, like, the car going, and then Travis is like, all right, fuck it, let's keep going. Even though Travis was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. What is that doing there? And then he just said, fuck it, let's just keep going. He didn't even, like, say, make room for them. He didn't yeah. say, like, nothing, none of that. Help him out. None of that. But I, I feel like Travis could have handled that better. Yeah. And so, and then there was another video of a girl actually, like, going up on stage by a cameraman. She was like, someone's dead in there. Someone's dead in there. Someone's dead in there. We need help. And then, um... And then the camera guy's like, get off the stage. We're like, we're doing our job. We're, we're helping. Like literally, he didn't say this, but like literally we're making Travis Scott money. So get off the stage. Yeah, he basically you know? didn't want to do his job. He was, he was just, he about... was just shooing her away. He yeah. was shooing her away. just not even paying attention. He's like, oh, someone's dead. That's too bad. I have to make this guy money. Here, can you, can you replay this video? I, I want to this <laughs> Let's do this, do it. 
And they just play it. And then they just keep going. And she gets on. She's like, are you serious? Like, stop. Yeah. And so I saw, I don't remember what social media platform it was, but it was basically saying, like, this is America is just to make profit. And, like, that's literally what the guy was doing. Like, just making Travis Scott money by keeping a camera on his face instead of going and helping eight people who died in the crowd. I feel, I just just feel like it's it's a human thing. Yeah. You know, like yeah, like yesterday we were eating dinner and then we heard a little girl cry and we do live in kind of a sketchy neighborhood. Yeah. I was like, yo, stop, turn off the like the TV, let's hear if somebody needs help. Right. It's just a human thing. You know, and I just like the camera guy yeah. just to like turn and look at someone, one someone coming on stage. Like that should be a That's a serious that's, thing. That's yeah. It doesn't happen all the time. And then number two, she was like, there's someone dead in there. Can we get some help? And he was like, no, 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 get off the stage. Yeah. Like, for you to be to do that. And then a second later in the video, a second guy comes up. A second guy comes up and he's like, stop the show, stop the show. Hold on, wait, re- repeat it from the beginning. He's basically wow, so just that's saying two, that's two people that got on stage right there. Yeah, he was like, "Stop the show, stop the show," and then, and then people in the crowd were chanting, "Stop the show, stop the show, yeah, stop even, the show," wow. and they just kept going. So he had, he finished the show. He finished the show. I I think, I think. Wow. I know that they're not... They canceled the second day. But... I mean, yeah, you swear. You gotta cancel the second... Eight people died. That's like... You know, that doesn't even happen in crime scenes. Like, that's... that's That should be... What, is he getting sued for this? He's probably getting sued. I don't know. It says... Eight people are confirmed dead. At least 23 people were hospitalized... One person injured. The one person injured was ten years old. At least three hundred people were treated three throughout the day. A ten-year-old at a Travis Scott concert. Okay, maybe that should be a parental thing. Yeah. <laughs> maybe parents should be like maybe. That part's on the parents. Yeah, that part's but, on parents. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I um, hope I hope Travis Scott. Put something out more than this fucking paragraph that he wrote. Like, come on, man. Eight people died. You got to make like a like something. A video. You got to, sh- I don't know, show up. Show some and love. And we know. we the shit that you just did. You were um, scrolling through Facebook and saw someone we know. We do, yeah. Uh, somebody. I don't want to put any names out there. But somebody that we went to high school with was at that. Uh, I show and she was one of the people that got hurt. And she did get hurt. Yeah, she had like uh, pictures on Facebook, and it was. She it was, was saying like she got, she was laying on the floor, and people were running over her and jumping on her and stuff like that. Yeah, and she had her leg tied. Wow, you know, thank God that every concert we go to, we always, we always get the seats, and we should just keep getting the seats. I know. <laughs> I don't want to be stopped on, but. I've been to one concert, um, it was more of like, um, not like a rock and roll concert, but like a alternative 
kind okay. of edgy concert, whatever. And it was me, my sister, and my aunt, and we were in the crowd at like like that kind of concert, and it was a little scary, <laughs> <laughs> like just being near the mosh pits and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it can it can get you. Can you can you read me what what you just said? Well, since we're talking about Travis Scott. And his Astro World incident. We're gonna move to football. Okay. Henry Ruggs. He was twenty-two years old, came from nothing, realized his dream of being drafted into the NFL last year. He signed a four year contract that was seventeen million dollars. He was driving his new Corvette at speeds of 156 miles per hour when he lost control and smashed into the back of a Toyota RAV4. The impact was so vicious that it killed the 23-year-old woman who was driving and her dog. When emergency responders arrived, the RAV4 was engulfed in flames and the woman was trapped inside. Dang, so... Oh my god, that's so unlucky. Not even it's yeah. it's not even like at first you're like, oh like this this football player starstruck, you know, his first year playing NFL. He uh-huh. was like I I don't know if he was gonna be rookie of the year, but he right. had a really, really good start. He put his name out there, everyone was watching him. And then with this accident, not only was he quote unquote like starstruck having a new corvette mm-hmm. whatever he would his blood alcohol level was twice the legal limit and he had a loaded gun in the car but, like it's it's getting worse and worse the more you're saying like this guy's just getting worse and worse and why do you have a loaded gun you're an nfl player like yeah. there's there's so many whys in like in this situation like just, <laughs> Not just, of words. And just to drink and drive and speed at 156 miles per hour, you ran into another car. Like, and what he he killed? Um, he, unfortunately, the the woman and the dog. Yeah, 23 year old woman, and he was 22. He is 22. Wow. So at the age of 21, Henry Ruggs realized his childhood dream. One year later, is over. The dream, the career, and everything's over, and he's facing 20 years in prison. You know, I heard it went from 20 to 46 now. I think I I heard that, too. Yeah. Because it's, like, on two counts or something. You know, if this was somebody's son, if, if this was my son, I'd probably say he's a human being, and we should forgive him. Or not forgive him and not let this go, but, like, he should still get punished, but... I would still say he's a human being, but if this was, but if the girl was my daughter, I'd be asking a hundred years for this kid. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Twice the limit and you're driving alone and you're, you have a gun. Right. Like, come on, man. What do you like? What do you, who do you think you are? Just because, just because, you know, you're an NFL, you know, that doesn't mean, in fact, you should have, um, you should be showing the young ones a better picture than this. Right. Right? A better image than this. Um. But just to, like, 
you always hear stories of like like true true story type of things like like this movie was based on a true story and they they come from nothing and we can relate so much and stuff like that and then just to see him throw it away like that by drinking and driving and killing someone in a car crash when he could have easily gotten a designated driver i always tell people i'm like if you need a designated driver i don't care i'm at home in my freaking pjs watching the walking dead you can call me and i'll go pick you up and drive you home so you're safe yeah i think there was a there was a video of um somebody actually tried to help uh the girl out of the car and I, I think I can't really find the video right now, but um, him and his buddy, they uh, they tried to uh, they like broke the window. They tried to open the door. It was jammed. They tried to uh, cut the seatbelt, but they really couldn't. And they said that the fire just kept growing and growing and gro- growing really fast that they they couldn't get the girl out. And that's yeah, the, you the know, car they, was engulfed in flames. Yeah. So. And like I, w- I was looking at the guy, man, he, he baby, he looks so devastated he said that he had to go home and just pray and just like chill out for a second. Wow, he's probably traumatized. Yeah, there's. I think that same video is he's he's on the ground in the middle of the street, like sitting on his bottom. Yeah. And he's just sitting there crying, and his girlfriend's like holding him, and yeah, but. And we have choices. We do have choices. We have choices. And we we um we gotta pick what we do wisely, and I I I'm sorry, I just that's very yes, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and see you next week.